is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. And that, again, is freetalklive.com. Start things out here tonight, uh, we do have a guest on the line. His name is Doug Casey. And many of you who are maybe in touch with the financial world might have heard of this guy before because he is the publisher of the International Speculator, as I understand it, a, a fairly popular publication. Uh, Doug Casey, what else are, are you known for? Well, uh, I've written uh, several books. Uh, the best known of them was Crisis Investing. It was number one on the New York Times list for 29 weeks. It was the largest selling book of any kind of, I think it was 1980, or was it 1981? I forget. Hmm. And uh, the first book I wrote was called The International Man, which, uh, a bit of trivia, is that uh, it was the largest selling book in the history of Rhodesia. Hey, there you go. And now Rhodesia's gone, so you can hold that title forever and ever. There's no question about that one. Excellent. <laughs> so great. Now, what, what is The International Speculator, for those that don't know? Well, it's a monthly newsletter. I've published it for 28 years, and it looks all over the world at every market in every country trying to find uh, which place uh, is uh, where you can make the most of your financial opportunity. Okay. Now, aren't there just a dime a dozen newsletters out there? I mean, what is it that uh, – don't there, aren't there a lot of guys out there that are going to tell you where to put your money, that sort of thing? Are you one of those guys? Yeah, there's hundreds and hundreds of newsletters out there, and uh, it's actually a bad habit that I've developed uh, writing this thing because uh, <laughs> I uh, haven't had to write it for a living or do anything for a living for – for actually many years, mm -hmm. I just do this because I guess I have to fill those idle hours somehow. And uh, a good friend of mine who used to run a large conference business and started a large bank was looking for something to do, and I gave half of the business to him, and he's turned the newsletter into a uh, actually a, a, a big business, which, you know, uh, so that's why I do it. But, yeah, there's lots of letters out there. Everybody's got an opinion. Hey, Doug, uh, Wayne here. Uh, we discussed Austrian economics quite a bit on the show. And last month, on August 24th, the legendary Austrian economist, uh, Dr. Kurt Riekebacher, passed away at the age of 88. And I understand you knew him. Uh, can you share any memorable experiences or lessons from him? Well, actually, I've, I guess I've known most of the people in and around this business. But uh, regrettably, I never got to know uh, Riekebacher. So... I can't give you any personal anecdotes. Oh, okay, because there was uh, there was a few articles published that kind of used your name and his in the same uh, sentence, so I assume maybe you knew him. I think we shared a lot of views, Yes, but, uh, I never met him personally, no. Yeah. Speaking of uh, precious metals markets, which you deal in a lot, uh, recently, in recent years, as you know, the worldwide demand for gold for investors is, is, is at an all-time high. But yes. That, but it seems to be lagging behind in the United States. Why do you feel that's so? Uh, stupidity. Uh, it's, I mean, uh, I'm a great fan of Einstein, and one of the things that he said, uh, among the many things that he said, which was true, he said that after hydrogen, the most common thing in the universe is stupidity. And the thing is, is that with gold, it's been in a, a bear market for a full generation. Yeah, it really um, has. Yeah, 
yeah, from 1980 until 2001, let's say, when it bottomed out, it did nothing but go down with, with uh, you know, uh, the, the strong run-ups, but all the while it was really going down. So that uh, a whole generation of people have grown up thinking that uh, it was a non-investment that did nothing but go down. It wasn't even on the radar screen. They didn't even think about it. Right. And that was, that was, uh, yeah, I was going to say, that's during a period when, when paper assets were viewed as being pretty strong, and they did have a pretty good appreciation during that cycle. Yes, exactly right. So, uh, of course, it's going to take a while for uh, Americans to cotton on to this, because we've never had a real tradition of, uh, of gold the way many other countries in the world have. But uh, by the time this peaks, and it will peak, uh, we're in a bull market, and we've been in a bull market now for all of six years, uh, quite a while, actually. And uh, by the time it peaks, it's going to look like the Internet uh, bubble did back in the late 90s. I mean, it's going to be on everybody's lips. Uh, people are going to talk about it at cocktail parties. It'll be on the front cover of magazines. Yeah. Do you favor going to a commodity-based currency? Well, I don't believe in currencies at all, quite frankly. I mean, gold is money, and uh, a currency is Actually, government substitute for money, it, it really serves no useful purpose. It's nothing that the market couldn't provide. So, uh, and I believe, actually, that within a generation or so, gold will once again be used as money in day-to-day -day transactions, but not in the form of coins that you keep in your pocket necessarily, because technology is going to obviate uh, a lot of that. But... Uh, It'll be reinstituted as money in the eyes of the common man, I believe, just because it's logical. On this on, on this show, we talk about uh, at least uh, metal-backed currencies and, and those kind of things being a good thing for the consumer. Uh, we've heard people say things like uh, gold is uh, subject to, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, causing the market to recess when it goes down in value and, and those kind of things. Um, what, what do you say to that? Uh, I, I say it's completely ridiculous. Uh, what, what most people think, think they know about economics is what really hurts them. Uh, things that they, they, they picked up from the people that uh, taught them economics in college. Uh, and, uh, Keynesians. Yes, and, 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 and talking heads on the television, money honeys and uh, so forth, that uh, really don't know anything about these things at all, except things that they repeat, <laughs> kind of... Kind of uh, Folk wisdom. Now, wasn't there a certain? Um, didn't gold? Uh, you know, when we were on the gold standard prior to 1913, at least for a period of our history, prior to 1913, d weren't there recessions during the uh, the gold market? Um, obviously, you know, when we had gold as currency. Yes, uh, yes, there were, and <clears throat> but uh, it's uh, the recessions. I mean, in those days, when the economy would have a recession. It tended to be localized, and the only people that were hurt were the people that were uh, investing in or employed by a business that was built on a foundation of sand. Uh, and the problem is that when they, when they set up the Federal Reserve Bank in 1913 to supposedly solve this problem, all they did was move a problem which was short, brief, and localized, and institutionalize it on a national level. Mm. So yeah. that uh, instead of letting the market gradually, uh, let the market quickly uh, uh, cleanse itself of uh, 
misallocations of capital and distortions, which can be built into it because of a, perhaps a, uh, a fraud by a local bank or, or, or simply because of market psychology. Uh, you know, well, the result of that was the last Great Depression. Mm. of the 1930s, and I'm afraid we're going to have another one that's going to be even worse now. It's a, it's, a, it's a valid concern. Now, we understand here on Free Talk Live that the financial situation in this country is pretty awful, uh, with the government continuing to uh, print out these fiat dollars, which, of course, are backed by nothing. And, and you just said a few moments ago that you thought that the market could handle um, money as opposed to having the government do it, which, you know, constitutionally, a lot of people would say, well, that should be the government's job. But you're saying that's not necessarily the case. What, what I'm curious about is how do you think we should get from here to there, how do we get from where we currently are today with this fiat system and actually get to a 100% free market-based uh, money system? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, and first of all, I don't believe in the government uh, as an entity. I don't actually believe in the government's right to exist. Good, I'm with you on that one, Doug. Uh, so, but so so when when you when you say how do we get from here to there that that seems to imply that we have to you know do something to influence the government to change its wicked ways okay but but that's not going to happen so the answer is we can't get from here to there my my opinion is this i want i want you to expound on that here in a moment okay hang on we're going to bring you back more with Doug Casey the publisher of the international speculator he is a would you call him a monetary guru Perhaps? Yeah, I th- I'd say so. Uh, if you have a question for this man, then uh, you should get on the line right now at 800-259-9231. He knows a lot more than us talk show hosts. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, including the wiki. Over 1,400 pages created by listeners just like you. You can enjoy those, and you can uh, go and you can edit the wiki. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Just head over to wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. By the way, we're talking here uh, with Doug Casey. He is the man behind the International Speculator, which is, I guess, one of the more popular sort of investing uh, monetary uh, newsletters out there. And uh, Doug uh, sounds like a, a pretty interesting guy so far. We're going to definitely get back into this. But I want to let you know that this interview is brought to you by D2Z.org. Are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. That's D2Z.org. As we go back to Doug Casey. Uh, Doug, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian, Wayne, and Mark. I'm with you. Now, a few moments ago, I want to get back into my question here, but a few moments ago you said that you don't even, I don't know if I have the right words, but you don't believe the government exists. Uh, Well, no, I I certainly believe it exists. I just don't believe it has a right to exist. And the reason for that is because there's two ways that people can relate to each other, voluntarily or coercively. And unfortunately, as as Mao Tse-sung said, who was a, uh, a late uh, leading expert on, on the subject of government, the power of government comes out of the barrel of a gun. That's right. Uh, so I, I simply don't believe that it's a, a necessary thing in a civilized society. 
I am completely with you. How would you mm-hmm. describe that belief system? I, I personally prefer the term free marketeer. Others call themselves anarcho-capitalists. Uh, what is Doug Casey's uh, description? Well, I like to get people's attention. And in order to do that, you have to hit them between the eyes with a two-by-four. So I use the politically incorrect term of anarchist. Really? Yes. It's, it, it's unfortunate that anarchism, which is uh, the gentlest and mildest of political philosophies has been unjustly besmirched. Right. It, um, most people think of anarchists as, 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 as violent types. That right, run bomb throwers. Black, yeah, black capes and little round bombs. It's completely <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, uh, an anarchist is simply one that doesn't believe in, in government, which is to say he's one that doesn't believe in institutionalized coercion. So, right. It, it all makes sense to me, and I'm with you. It's just that I guess I take the opposite tact because I'm so concerned that the word anarchist has been just destroyed by uh, misuse in popular culture. I don't really like – I don't relish the idea of having to re-explain it to everybody that I, I might happen to mention that to. Um, so well, look, tr- at the, look at the bright side, though. When you use the word, it opens the door to an explanation. And unless you're dealing with somebody who's actually stupid, when you explain it to them, hmm. uh, it, it might interest them. And uh, from interest uh, might follow uh, uh, in, in enthusiasm about the concept once he understands it. What do you say to somebody who, who says, well, Doug, I mean, you look, like a, you look like a nice guy, but I saw on the news the other night a group of, group of people calling themselves anarchists that were smashing in storefront windows and that sort of thing. Are these your friends? No, no, those people, those those people aren't. That I, it, it's incomprehensible to me how they can see what what it is. Is people confuse anarchy with chaos? Yes, exactly. When actually they're opposites of each other. They're not synonyms. They're antonyms. Hey, Doug. Speaking of chaos, uh, you've probably been watching the financial markets the last few weeks, and they've they've infu- the central banks around the world have infused almost a half a trillion dollars into the system to keep it afloat. Um, what do you think is going to happen with the economy and, and uh, commodities because of this? Well, it's, it's very hard to, to, to say with any degree of certainty what's going to happen. But look at it this way. We've had uh, what Herman Kahn called back in the early 80s the, and predicted the long boom. It's gone on for 25 years. It's been the longest and the strongest, and for at least the last 10 or 15 years, one of the most artificial booms uh, in in all of history. Yeah. So that I think it's going to end very, very badly, uh, very, very badly. And I think people ought to rig for stormy weather. Yeah. And by doing that, uh, by rigging for stormy weather, you're not going to lose anything, and and you might gain a lot when everybody else is losing something. And as I understand it, uh, D2Z.org has a lot of information on just that sort of thing. Now, to get back to the question I'd asked before, that we only had a time for a very short period of time to answer, uh, so I'd like you to expound. You said that uh, getting from here to there, getting from the system of government fiat currency to a market-based uh, system of uh, of real value-backed um, money, you said you can't get from here to there. Can you explain that a little better? Well, I'm not optimistic about the odds for any kind of a political change. I don't think that the, the system is going to reform itself uh, and, until we have a real crisis in this country, uh, until things really hit dead flat bottom. 
uh, and I certainly don't look for political solutions. Mm-hmm. I mean, my personal view is that the world is going to reorient itself within the next few generations, not according to nation states and governments the way we have now, but I think it's naturally going to reorient itself to, with the help of things like the Internet, uh, especially, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, what Neil Stevenson called files. In other words, people will will ally themselves, not based upon an accident of birth, sharing a passport, sharing a government with somebody, which is the most ridiculous way to ally yourselves with somebody else. People will ally, ally themselves according to what's important to them, whether it's interest or philosophy or religion or a hobby or something like that. Like the Free State Across Project. That's where I was going to go with that. I, I, do you think we're already seeing the beginning of that with the Free State Project? Are you familiar with that, Doug? Yeah, I am. I think it's a, a good idea. I'm not sure it's going to work. I mean, most libertarian projects fall flat on their faces because the fact of the matter is, is most libertarians are theorists. They're not practical people, and most libertarians don't have any money. And, uh, you know, they it's a great philosophy, but right. for some reason it, it, it draws philosophers. More I, than I, I share. I definitely share your concerns, Doug. And that's. Uh, I don't know if how. I don't know how much you've been following the Free State Project. For those just tuning in, uh, it's a movement of twenty thousand liberty-loving individuals all moving to the same state. In this particular case, New Hampshire was the chosen state. And I think the interesting thing about the Free State Project is. It's on its own. It is an effective uh, separation tool to separate the philosopher kings from those who are actually going to be real on the ground activists to make a difference. And so, so for instance, in order to actually move to New Hampshire, you have to really do something. You have to pick up your life and you know tie up all your loose ends and physically move your uh, yourself or your family and your and all of that uh, to a different place. And I think that process right there, just the moving process, is really going to be effective at separating out the talkers from the doers. And I well, think, I think, no, that's a nice idea. I, I, I mean, I don't disapprove of that, and I, I know that uh, there are some people that are doing the same thing in, in Wyoming, which I think was the second choice for the people in that. But I, I'll tell you what my solution to this thing is. I don't want to move to either New Hampshire or Wyoming. Mm-hmm. What I, I'm, I spend at the present time about uh, probably nine months of the year outside the U.S., and... Uh, the only way you can be safe from what the U.S. government is rapidly growing into, and I'm afraid that when the next 911 happens, and it will happen, they're going to lock this place down like justified one of concerns. If, if you can hang on, we will bring you back for more. More with Doug Casey and your calls as well. If you have one for him, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. The features on the site 
are for free, so enjoy those on us, including updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get signed up today. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And if you, or perhaps someone you know, needs a primer on some of the subjects we talk about on Free Talk Live, you should go and check out the Liberty Radio Underground. It's an elementary introduction to libertarianism, and each show concisely handles a single topic in less than 10 minutes. It's great for someone new to Liberty. Go to libertyradiounderground.com today and grab an episode. That's libertyradiounderground.com. As we go back to Doug Casey, the publisher of The International Speculator, talking about everything from, well, money stuff to uh, political philosophy, or the lack thereof, I suppose. And, uh, Doug, you, uh, you're a man after my own heart with your... Uh, your uh, just coming right out and admitting that you're an anarchist. I, I love that. I love that bravery. And do, do people, uh, do you get questions about that often, or is that something that um, is is not necessarily brought up in uh, in interviews with you? No, this is uh, often brought up. And uh, oh, drop the phone. Oh. Oh, so wait a minute. I think. Um... Oh, okay. How's that? Didn't go I'm to the sorry, toilet. I accidentally hit the speaker button. That's all right. No, this is why I'm often not too invited to uh, cocktail parties and <laughs> dinner parties with polite company because uh, the fact of the matter is there's two things that you're not supposed to talk about, and you know that they're religion and politics. Right. And what am I supposed to do? I uh, I don't like to talk about weather and the state of the roads. That's good for. Uh, uh, the first two minutes when you get to uh, meet mm-hmm. somebody, I like to talk about philosophy. But practical and applied philosophy works out to be religion and politics. <laughs> sure does. And, and unfortunately, I'm an anarchist politically and an atheist religiously. Mm. So that kind of separates me from uh, 98% of my... Uh, <sighs> It doesn't separate you from Ian. He'd love to compare uh, membership cards with you. I have to sit in here every night of the week with an anarchist uh, uh, atheist, so uh, I, I can deal well, with it, too. What a, what a pleasure. I wish I, where are you guys? I wish I was in the same room with you. Well, we're, we're in New Hampshire. Uh, actually, all three of us are early movers as part of the Free State Project, which we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I see. I see. Right, and, Mark? and if you saw what was going on up here, Doug, your jaw would drop. Well, I'm, I'm delighted to hear it. But what I'm doing, uh, as I was saying before, that I, I spend a lot of time outside of the U.S. because uh, when when the next 911 happens and the and the U.S. government really cracks down, I think it's going to be unpleasant mm. being in the U.S. So what I'm doing at this time is we're financing and building uh, what I think will be a six-star resort in Argentina where. Mm. It'll be possible to have absolutely everything that a civilized person could possibly want. Really? Everything from a a, a spa and a gym uh, with everything, a parkour to a bocce ball court to a library to a a cigar bar or something, which they send a SWAT team in on you. They see you smoking a cigar in this country now. Mm. So I I think the future really lies outside of the U.S. uh, more than here in Mordor itself. <laughs> I, I understand. Now, why did you choose Argentina for the uh, the home of this resort? Well, uh, I, I've always been a big fan of Argentina. I've, I've, I don't know if I mentioned this. I've, I've been to 175 countries around the world. And 175? Good Lord. Yes. What did you do, stop, step out, and get it back in the plane? No, no, not at all. Most of them I've been to uh, numerous times, and I've lived in, in, in 10 or 11 countries, depending on 
how we want to define living there. And I define living there as spending enough time to make it worthwhile buying real estate or uh, renting hmm. an apartment. So I, I've been that around the like block, it. and I, I can tell you that right now, uh, Argentina is by far the cheapest of the nice countries in the world. Uh, anything that you can get in the U.S., a meal in a restaurant will cost you about a third what it does in the U.S. Uh, a full-time employee, uh, well, where we are in Argentina anyway, is probably about 20%, maybe 15% of what you pay here in the U.S. And property prices are very, 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 very cheap. So it's possible to live like a king for a, a lower middle class uh, budget, more or less. Hmm. Nice. Very cool. Very well, exciting. Doug, in your newsletter, you discuss uh, gold stocks, I assume. And essentially with gold stocks, they allow you to buy gold in the ground for as little as 10 to $20 an ounce, whereas bullion right now, coins, costs uh, somewhere around 750 an ounce. And, but many of these stocks are really speculative. So how, do, how does one allocate their investment resources to manage the higher risk associated with, uh, with gold stocks? Well, they're really two different investments. You want to have uh, the metal in the form of coins for safety, for prudence, for insurance. Uh, in your own possession, uh, the mining stocks are purely speculative vehicles, uh, and it's possible to get not just 10, not, uh, but 100 to 1 returns on these things. But uh, you've got to recognize that at the same time, you're holding a burning match, that none of these companies have earnings, and the assets that they have are often very questionable, mm-hmm. so that... Uh, uh, they're purely speculative vehicles. Now, I, I like them, but you've got to know them for what they are. Right. I know you deal with energy a bit, too. And in the next five years or so, what do you think has a better potential for return, energy stocks or precious metal stocks? I think they're both going to do well. I'm, uh, I've, I've always been a big fan of uranium stocks, and uh, uranium has had a wonderful run. It ran from from at the bottom in about the year 2000, uh, $8 a pound to a high of 140 It's backed off to 90 And uh, there are many, many uranium stocks now. There are about 500 stocks that have uranium in their name, or at least in their prospectuses. Uh, most of them don't have it in the ground. Uh, I think that for the future, for uh, mass power uh, over the next generation, uh, nuclear power is the only way to fly, and there's a, a, a huge shortfall of production over consumption in uranium today. We're only producing about 50% of what we're using, and it takes forever to build a uranium, a uranium mine. So I, I think that's a very good speculation. Well, Oil, nu- nuclear gas- power. I was going to say nuclear power in this country has gotten a bad name because of this during the 70s you had the Chernobyl meltdown and Three Mile Island and the technology has come a long way now. And, but the United States you can't build anything anymore. You can't build an oil refinery. You can't build a nuclear power plant. How, what gives here? What's going to what's going to cause this to turn around? Oh, I think reality will turn things around eventually. But uh, you know, trends in motion tend to stay in motion mm-hmm. until they actually stop. And a trend like this doesn't stop until we hit bottom. Yeah, do you believe so, in the peak oil theory? Uh, I buy the peak oil theory. Uh, from a geological point of view, I, I think it's quite correct. The peak oil theory, of course, uh, uh, having been put forward by M. King Hubbard, who said in the 50s that 
the U.S. Uh, light, sweet oil production, easy oil, uh, the kind of oil that you want, would go into decline starting in the early 70s, and it has. And that's happening on a worldwide basis now, too. A lot of countries that were producers are becoming importers. So, yes, I, and I think there's a lot of reasons why in the next few years we'll see oil go to a couple hundred dollars a barrel. Now, is, that, is this a problem? Well, yeah, it's going to cause uh, dislocations where people are going to have to change their patterns of production and consumption, but uh, it's not really a problem. Uh, there's lots of other types of power. There's lots of new technologies for for, for getting uh, uh, tougher oil, uh, sour, uh, uh, heavy crude. So I'm not worried about it. It's not, not going to be the end of the world. Now, Doug, there have, been a lot, opportunity. there have been a lot of phone calls we've been getting from uh, some of our listeners recently. People are very concerned about the U.S. government getting involved in something called the North American Union, and they've been promoting this idea that there's a new currency that they're looking to put out called the Amero. I'm sure you've heard of it, and I'm guessing you probably have a thing or two to say about it. So hang on. We will bring you back more with Doug Casey, and we'll take your calls if you have a question for him. Anything related to money and, heck, he'll even talk about freedom and government, too, apparently. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Doug Casey's on the line with us, publisher of The International Speculator. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231, though. would love to hear from you specifically this hour if you've got a question for Doug Casey. He is the publisher and the man behind the international speculator, all-around monetary guru, and anarchist to boot. Uh, it is Ian here with you, by the way. And Wayne. And Mark. Once again, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And if you like Free Talk Live, you want to help support the show, then you should go and buy some stuff at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase in over 41 categories of products, new and used items. Free Talk Live gets a cut if you enter through amazon.freetalklive.com. Now, Doug Casey, back on the air with Free Talk Live. A lot of people call this show, and they have a lot to say about uh, what essentially amounts to rumors um, with maybe very little fact behind them about this looming um, North American Union concept and its uh, and the associated concept of the Amero, the sort of replacement currency to replace the U.S. dollar. And you had talked about how the dollar was, you know, we've talked plenty of time on this show about how the dollar's failing and it's been failing ever since it, uh, they took away the, the gold backing from it. And uh, you, you, you yourself said we might be heading toward a, another major uh, depression, perhaps. Do you think they'll be able to use this Amero concept uh, to stave that off for a certain period of time, or do you even not even do you even think this uh, is even legitimate that this is something that they're working on? You know, uh, I really ought to check this out on something like Snopes. On the, uh, uh, it, I think it may be in the category of. Uh, an internet rumor or hoax. Do, do you guys know if there's any, 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 any factual basis behind this? Because I haven't uh, well, read about it or heard about it anywhere else other than on the internet. There's a there's a website called spp.org, which is the security... Dot and, gov. excuse me, spp.gov, and uh, it's a security and prosperity some partnership. And then there's a, a road called the Texas Corridor, which... Uh, 
you know, the uh, the people that believe in this concept uh, believe that, in fact, it's going to be, uh, you know, expanded to run all the way up the United States with uh, ten lanes of traffic, two lanes of uh, railroad uh, power lines, and uh, I don't know, a gas, a pipeline, or something uh, to, to boot. The only the only member of the mainstream media that's been talking about it has been Lou Dobbs on CNN, and he's oh. been he's been pretty upset about it. And Ron Paul's spoken about it a bit too. It seems like what they may want to do is is model the uh, North American Union after the European Union, Euro, Amero, you know, all the row row stuff. So I, I think it might be fairly credible. There's been a few people who I really respect who who've talked about it as well, but obviously until it happens or they attempt to do it, uh, there's no real proof. Yeah, I, I, I you know I just tend to treat it as a, a rumor at best. Uh, I, I, it seems to me that it would to do something like this would be, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't make any sense to me at this point. Actually, either, Snopes either does have something on Romero. Or as a possibility, let yeah. me put it that way. It's pl- I think it's plausible, though, don't you think, that, that if the dollar collapses and certain people are aware of that, that they might ha- they've got to have something for us to go to in order to keep the, everything afloat so we don't have chaos you but, think that's when they'll trot it out? Is is yeah. if in that that yeah, event? Yeah, I think so. And let's just say the dollar does collapse, Doug. What do you think will happen to the investment assets which are denominated in dollars? Obviously, there'll be a conversion, and it probably won't be pretty. Well, it seems to me that right now the bond market is very, very overpriced. Interest rates are really still very close to all-time lows, and the chances are excellent that they're going to go back to the levels that they were in the early 80s. So the bond market is much bigger than the stock market, and of course the real estate market floats on a sea of debt, and as interest rates go up, that's really going to hurt real estate. So there are a lot of people who are going to be just financially devastated, I think, in the years to come, especially yeah. since people are so overburdened with, uh, with, with debt today. Uh, it's uh, this is going to be a real problem. I mean, uh, you, you could have a political tidal wave that rises out of what's going on economically. Now you're saying uh, people should a, take some steps to uh, to be careful, and we're doing this isn't a money talk show. You know, this is a uh, general interest talk show. So we've got a, a wide variety of people listening. At least hopefully they've stayed through this. Uh, mm. I think we've kept it at least uh, fairly varied. Haven't been all money money uh, for the entire hour. But for somebody who might be say 18 years old and just getting out of high school, with let's just say they've been working for only a little while and they've got two thousand dollars in the bank. Um, how dire of a situation is this? Um, let's say they don't have any debt yet, though a lot of kids are encouraged to incur debt very early on. Let's say they've got two grand uh, to, to spend. What would Doug Casey recommend that they do uh, in order to prepare themselves as best as possible for impending disaster? Yes. Well, the first thing I would not do is automatically go off to college. Uh, I spent four years uh, in college, and... Uh, I consider it, although I had a lot of fun, (laughs) I consider it a a misallocation of four years of my time, and uh, I don't know what it cost back in the... It costs a lot lot more now, I can tell you that. It wasn't that much back in the old days. It it, it seems to me that a college degree is not only worth nothing, it's worth less than nothing, because you pick up all kinds of ridiculous ideas and bad habits. Mm. Now, if you want to learn a science or a trade, like doctoring or lawyering, uh, well, that's a different story, I suppose. Right. But most people don't do that. Uh, they they take uh, some type of soft liberal arts thing. It's uh, 
basically a waste of time. So the first thing is not to make a mistake. And going to college, you're probably going to get yourself deeply in debt. Besides, I think the best thing to do is this. If I had 2000 bucks and I was just out of high school, I, you know, if I didn't have the self-discipline to sit down and educate myself for a year by, let's say, buying courses from the teaching company and just reading a lot of books uh, in a program, I think I would take that money and uh, buy a backpack and head off for South America and Africa and travel a lot and just keep my eyes open for opportunities. That would be the best thing to do. Interesting. We are short on time, but we do have somebody that wants to talk to you. Let's go to the phones and talk to Roger in California. Roger, you're on with Doug Casey. Yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, if anybody's investigated uh, super deep oil wells. Hello? Yeah, super deep oil wells. Well, there's a lot of super deep oil wells. How do you want to define that term? Well, it redefines how you look at energy, that it's actually more abundant than than they're portraying it. Uh, I, I don't like the current model that they set up, how they lie to you about uh, the, the word game would they play with uh, known uh, proven reserves is is doesn't mean it's all the oil. It just means the oil that they've allocated money for to have a, a, a survey done on. The unproven reserves are a lot bigger than proven reserves. And with super deep, that's even, I mean, it's almost an infinite amount of oil if you read about it. So you're you saying there's more oil out there than what the, the experts might, might think or what they're, what they're claiming? Just in the current model as we know it, and unproven reserves is probably several times, they only allocate enough money to prove that there's oil in the ground. They go no further. They use that up, then they move on. They don't gotcha. haven't discovered all the oil that's available. Roger, thank so you for the call. We're, we're short on time, but Doug, your well, thoughts on that? Well, that's that, that's basically correct. I mean, uh, it's it's unproven exactly how deep oil can actually exist uh, mm -hmm. before the the heat and pressure of uh, of the Earth's crust makes it impossible for it to exist in oil form. So, sure, there's plenty more oil to be found. It's just a question of the cost. Very good. Yeah, that, that's true, of course. Yeah, at the same time, I've read that, uh, like, Saudi Arabia and some of the bigger oil-producing countries have grossly overstated their reserves, and they haven't updated them in over 20 years. Well, that's right. And most of these OPEC companies, uh, the oil companies that produce the oil, are nationalized. So uh, the income has gone out and been dissipated on other things. Uh, not on increasing the technology or doing further drilling for the future. It's like any other socialist enterprises. I mean, it's mucked up in the long run. Mm -hmm. So, sure, the, the oil prices, in my opinion, are going a lot higher, but that's not really a problem. Yeah, I, I, I'm convinced we can really innovate our way out of it, but there has to be a crisis in order for us to, to allow that. Now, I mentioned earlier uh, D2Z.org, uh, helping bring uh, Doug Casey on the air with us, and I think that you can sign up for, uh, or you can get on the International Speculator through their website at D2Z.org, but uh, Doug, was there a website that you had that you wanted to uh, get out on the air tonight? Well, they can, if, if they want to find out more about what we do and what we recommend, just go to internationalspeculator.com or caseyresearch.com or dougcasey.com 
all of them take you to the same place. Easy enough. It's been a pleasure having you on Free Talk Live, Doug, and uh, keep up the good work, and uh, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you. Best of luck to you guys. Have a great night, sir. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. We've got the latest from the Ed Brown household on the way here. There hasn't been a lot to say about... Uh, what's been happening out there, because apparently there hasn't been much going on. They've just been sort of pulled up. We'll give you the latest there and, of course, talk to you about whatever you want. we got Robert and Zen and Roger and your calls about uh, anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. The latest on the Ed and Elaine Brown situation here in moments, but first, to the phones. And to the fun of those callers that were so patient during the uh, the last interview, uh, let's go to Robert in California. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Oh, do we have Robert? Hello, Robert. Okay, uh, you know the story about the missiles uh, accidentally flying over the United States. Yes. Okay, um, that's got to be the biggest load of bovine excrement that I ever heard. You don't think that it happened? Well, I worked in the military back in '79 to '83. And the P3 squadrons up here at North and Northern California, um, we actually dealt with from time to time um, for test reasons. You know, because we actually did only w- one time did we have to actually load a technical nuke or a mm-hmm. tactical nuke. But they would do tests on them all the time, and so in order to get one of those things out of storage, even a test one, because it has to deal with the same sort of circuitry. Mm-hmm. people had to sign for it. Okay. And that includes the ordinance people. And then before a flight takes off, any plane takes off, they do a pre-flight check. The pilot does one, the co-pilot does one, and the flight engineer does one. Well, what is your and, explanation then? I mean, if you're saying that there are just too many checks in place that it, it was impossible for the U.S. military to fly a plane over the United States uh, loaded with nuclear weapons on accident, uh, what, what's your explanation for the story? Well, you notice that this Friday that they're going to be standing down because of sort of what they say procedural problems. No, I don't even know what you're talking about. Who's standing down? The Air Force. They're standing down all their bombers and fighters this weekend. Okay. I mean, this Friday. What does that mean? They're just not going to fly them around? Yeah. Okay. Just like they did during 9-11. They had to stand down our exercises and a lot of their um, operations for tests or uh, procedural problems that they were finding. As, as a, as so the reason the they're not flying around, you're saying, this weekend is because uh, that they had this error, supposed error last week, which you're saying didn't actually even happen. Um, what's your, what are you suggesting here? What are you getting at? Well, I think they're either – it's like anything. When you, when you, when you want to get people all hyped up on something, you know, you give them these scenarios, you know, like Al-Qaeda is going to get us and always constantly heighten our uh, – fear of something um so it's it's like you know either either something might happen this weekend or they're setting this up for something in the future to happen 
So, so wait, they're setting it's, it's uh, just too many checks and balances for let these things just fly around. So you're saying they not the, the story of the nukes didn't happen last week. That was all made up. They fired a guy because they wanted to make it look like it was real. And you're saying that this is uh, they're just preparing for another false flag attack or something like that. Is that what you're getting at? That's possibly because why would they fire one guy when several would be involved in this? It, planes just don't take off, you know, in the military. I mean, there's fueling requirements, pre-flight checks, post-flight checks, um, and the plane's got to be, you know, uh, requisitioned and, and made sure that, you know, it is in flying capability. Mm-hmm. So what would you, you recommend know? that the American public do? Oh, well, hopefully uh, those who are not prepared get prepared, at least for the future coming up. How's that? AK-47s and solid gold Cougar ants? Well, you know, food, uh, but don't be fooled by what might be coming along. You know, again, like the last story, because on 9-11, when I woke up and turned on the TV and, and after I saw the first tower collapse, I, I already knew that it was that it was a demo job. Thanks for the opinion, Robert. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I'm not here to debate that. I could care less, again, who was behind 9-11. It, you know, whatever you want to believe is, is certainly fine with uh, fine with me. Uh, we've hashed it out enough over the past several days, so I'm just going to leave that one there. 800-259-9231, but interesting theory. Mm-hmm. He thinks something's going to happen this weekend. We'll see. Time we'll will see. tell, right? Uh, let's see. Continuing it on, let's go to Sen in Kentucky. Sen, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I want to talk about the latest anti-marijuana propaganda. Okay, please. Um, have you seen com slash donors? Uh, I think Mark was taking a look at it during the break. This is uh, a, some sort of an anti-drug website. Yeah, it's uh, something to do with an old man in a pith helmet, and they're they're seeking out stoners in the mist. Yeah, why don't you like, tell it about? Why don't you tell our listeners about it for those that have not seen it, which is probably ninety-nine percent of them. Well, they're going around this neighborhood to different like stoners' houses, and they're trying to like observe them in their natural habitat, you know, which is like somebody's couch. You know, they're trying to say that like. You know, all marijuana smokers are jobless losers. You know, right. they can be lumped in one collective category. Yes, only some and, uh, marijuana um, smokers are jobless losers. Yeah, and the funny thing about this is that uh, if you go to like any forum where they're talking about this, uh, you'll find that uh, this kind of propaganda has the opposite effect on just about every teenager that views it. Uh, in fact, I've seen people say on certain forums that the people that came up with these videos had to have been high when they made them. Because well, they're just that retarded. I don't know about that, uh, but but I definitely understand your concern here, and that is that the in the anti-drug propaganda, they are constantly painting marijuana smokers as being shiftless losers, uh, and that's just not true. There are millions of Americans that are productive, mar- uh, responsible marijuana users, and so you're just saying that they're continuing to pump out the same old propaganda, trying to paint marijuana smokers with the same brush, and it's it's not fair. Yeah, and I don't know if Above the Influence is a private organization or not, but I do I think they it. receive government funding, and I you know, guess we can all agree that's wrong. It's got ONDCP written all over it. It's probably either the, the ONDCP or the Partnership for Drug-Free America. Either way, they're uh, they're all tied in with the state. Yeah, but, you know, without with or without the government funding, you know, it's just, it doesn't work. What it doesn't work? Has, oh, the, uh, the anti-drug propaganda? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. They find that kids just laugh at it, and uh, they just push it aside. It doesn't mean anything to them, which uh, which also means that the more serious drugs that they're trying to tell, talk about uh, also are the, – the information on those is also shoved aside and ignored. So there's sort of um, 
I don't know, cutting off their foot to spite. What's this? What's the phrase? Cutting, cutting off, off your nose to spite your face. Spite Shooting your face? yourself in the foot. Yeah, there you go. Hey, thanks for the call, Zen. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Sounds like a laugh riot of a website, though. Above the influence. I, I get suspect it. Uh, uh, kids are probably getting stoned and going to watch it. Probably right. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. Okay, uh, Carl's gone, so we're going to talk about the latest from the Ed Brown household. Now, uh, the last time we brought up Ed Brown was after we had just gone and visited the uh, the household because they were having a nice little concert, nice mm-hmm. little Saturday afternoon shindig. And Mark, you and I both went up and spent a little time there. Had yeah, a the Brownwurst was excellent. And it was, a, it was a good time, good group of people. Uh, of course, Ed and Elaine Brown, in case you aren't aware, are a couple uh, in their early 60s. They live here in New Hampshire, and they live in a little town called Plainfield. Elaine was a dentist. I say was because her life was torn apart by the U.S. federal government, who decided to come along and throw a bunch of conspiracy to commit money laundering charges, amongst other tax evasion charges at these uh, these nice old people, uh, because these people had the courage to actually keep the money that they uh, that they earned, and they dared not turn it over to the federal goons that were were demanding it, in this case, the IRS. And so they uh, the feds brought them up on charges. They took them into a courtroom, and they railroaded them in this courtroom. And it was such a bad trial that Ed Brown decided that he didn't really want to go back to the courtroom because the judge was – the judge basically, you know, another corrupt federal judge. And so Ed decided that he'd had enough of this uh, garbage, and he's going to – he was just going to stay at his house and – live out his life, live out his remaining years, and if the feds decided they wanted to come after him to put him in a jail cell, Ed Brown made it very clear that he would shoot anyone who tried to come and take him away from his freedom. And so that's where it stands today. Uh, we're talking about something that happened right. yeah, they label a year what, ago. They, they label what Ed Brown uh, make, made as threats. And I, I don't know, threats doesn't sound exactly like the right word to me. I mean, it's one thing to say, Mark, I'm going to come over to your house and beat you up. That kind of sounds like a threat. That's a threat, yeah. But the statement that if if you come to my house and try to beat me up, I'm going to beat you up back. Not a threat. Not a threat. No, that's just a promise. Right. It just it doesn't it doesn't bring the, um, the same to me, and and that's what all he said to the federal government. Look, right. If you try to come on my property and take me away to a jail cell, I'm going to shoot. So we'll give you the latest on what's going on here. Also, uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about is something that has actually come out from Elaine. Because you normally hear Ed Brown talking about his viewpoints on taxes and the government and that sort of thing. And Ed's not the most eloquent of Yeah, speakers. I don't know what to think about Ed, but I sure do like Elaine. She's got some really good things to share, and we'll tell you what she has to say here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Single CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. Ed Wade. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. Over a quarter of a million posts to surf around through. Serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all, and it's all for free. At bbs.freetalklive.com, bbs.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Their crib, uh, try their crib mattresses, too. too excuse me. 
uh, SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. On the way here, uh, going to give you an essay, a bit of an editorial, if you will, that uh, was written by Ms. Elaine Brown, or Mrs., I suppose, Elaine Brown. Yes. Uh, we'll tell you about that here in a moment. But first, we're going to the amplifier line to Brian in Colorado, who uh, I've decided to move up to the front of the pack because he's crippled. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live. <laughs> you have any good crippled jokes, Brian? Yeah, that's right. I, I got all the crippled dogs. Hey, I just got my handicapped uh, driving placard, even though I can't drive. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I let my friends borrow it, you know, because I'm, I'm stuck here in the house. Nice. <laughs> um, hey, I, I don't want to talk about my, my uh, uh, illness here. I've talked about it before. Wear your seatbelt, even if you're in the back seat. That's even, if you're in a limo. Yes. even if you're in a limo. Yes. Even if you're in a limo. Somebody, uh, one of my neighbors uh, found out that I was uh, in an accident. He was wondering if I was in some pain, and, and he wanted to stop by with a, with a device that he had in his house. And so uh, he brought this by, and he told me a little bit about it. It's about the size of a pack of cigarettes, and it's for pain management. Now, I know Jerry Lewis has one of these things. They made a big deal about that a couple of years ago because he was suffering from horrible back pain because of all the stuff he did on TV. Uh, and it turns out that your body, uh, uh, your nerves can be deadened by this uh, a certain frequency, and so you, you stick these electrodes on your spine or, you know, where the pain is, mm-hmm. and then they, they, they put this frequency out, and, and, you know, it's miraculous results without any drugs. Well, um, this guy told me that this device doesn't, doesn't do it that way because that's, it's invasive. You don't have to, you know, you'd have to go in there and put these electrodes by the nerves and then bring it out through the skin, and there's infection and all those other, you know, mm-hmm. problems. And so this one instead, it's a, it's a new invention, actually a few years old. Um, uh, it's been approved by the FDA, so you know it's safe, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what it does is you put these uh, pads on, on your body. There's four of them. And you put them in an X. And the center of the, of the lines between these, the X drawn by these four things is where your pain is. And, okay. and what it does is, is it sends a much higher frequency, a little bit different between the two. And so what's called the beat frequency, the frequency between these two, is, is where the actual healing occurs. It's, it's a revolutionary uh, device. Uh, it's just a microprocessor inside, you know, doing some fancy stuff. But it, it, uh, he gave this thing to me, and it, it, was, it was miraculous. I mean, I put wow. this thing in there, and all of a sudden, you know, no drugs, just the pain just goes away. Huh. And you have to set up these electrodes right. That's the tricky part is getting them just right. And so the nexus inside your body, you know, in three dimensions is right where it hits it. What is this thing called, Brian? Uh, the company is called Zynex, Z-Y-N-E-X. And uh, he told me a little bit more about it. And this is really an immigration story, guys. Really? Yeah, because the guy who invented this is, is my neighbor who hmm. just bought a, I don't know, one and a half or $2 million house up the hill. Uh, he came here about 10 years ago, immigrated to the U.S. with a couple of bucks and an idea. Really? Uh, he he, he uh, uh, invented this thing. He patented it, uh, uh, started his company, uh, took it public because he didn't want to take it public. But the problem was he was selling, selling like gangbusters, but insurance companies paid for him because you know, people don't pay for these things. Insurance companies do. Mm-hmm. And they took sometimes three years to pay. And so he basically went public to generate enough cash to be able to hold him over you know, for the three years until the money starts coming in. Hmm. So my neighbor immigrated here, and uh, now he is, uh, you know, an immigrant citizen, you know, one of those dirty immigrants, right. uh, making lo- life a hell of a lot better for everybody that touches his products. Wow, that's an amazing story. And what was it called again, Z- Zynex? Zynex is the name of the company, um, and it's a public company. You know, it's trading pretty low, so, uh, you know, it might be a good thing to get in, but I can't, I can't give investment advice. So it, um, you've tried it, and it works for you? Yes. Okay. Very good. So you had no chance it's a placebo effect, huh? It's that uh, good. Well, uh, 
I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I'll, I'll tell you in, in, a, in a few days, you know, I'll, I'll try it on, on different things and, uh, and see if it works. You know, it could be a placebo. I mean, who knows? But there, there's been a lot of uh, feedback from a lot of different people. He's selling like crazy. Very cool. You sound excited so, about uh, it, Brian. Uh, it, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. You know, between that and all these uh, rainforest herbs that Wayne hooked me up with, you know, I'm, I'm flying <laughs> high without any narcotics. Yeah, well, right on. That's the free market at work, though. That's right. Somebody had an idea, and, and I and some a lot of the problems that we have, I think that we can innovate our way out of them with a true free market. I think you're absolutely right about that. When you don't have to jump through all these government hoops, these products can make it to market sooner, uh, rather than ten years down the line after people have already been in pain forever and possibly passed away. So, Brian, thanks for sharing that with us, and uh, I hear you're coming up to the Liberty Forum uh, coming up here in uh, January. Oh yeah, looking forward to it. Fantastic. I'm, I'm going to be bringing at least one son. Great. We'll see you then, and thanks for the call, dude. Okay. 800-259-9231. I know uh, the Liberty Forum, the Free State Project Liberty Forum has been announced, and uh, they're they're lining up speaker after speaker. I, I hear they're close to announcing their keynote speaker, which is supposed to be somebody pretty big and special. Mm-hmm. And of course, we'll break it to you here as soon as we know. Uh, 800-259-9231. So Elaine Brown, the wife of Ed Brown. Ed, we've heard Ed before. He likes talking about taxes and the Illuminati and all these kinds of other crazy uh, crackpot things. And Ed's a nice enough guy. I've met him in person a couple of times. I don't agree with all of his viewpoints, but I do agree that he should be left alone. He should be able to go out and earn a living for himself. In his case, he was a, an exterminator, uh, exterminator and his wife, Elaine, a dentist. And they should be able to go out and earn a living for themselves and keep all the money they earn and decide for themselves how to spend it. That's where I'm in 100% agreement with Ed and Elaine Brown. So setting all of other Ed's issues aside, uh, we've actually got an essay here from Elaine called In Pursuit of Liberty. And I was so impressed at how eloquent this, uh, this lady is, I thought it absolutely had to be read on the air. So she starts out with a quote, A long habit of not thinking a thing wrong gives it a superficial appearance of being right and raises at first a formidable outcry in defense of custom. But the tumult soon subsides. Time makes more converts than reason. Unquote. In the opening paragraph of his Introduction to, com- uh, to Common Sense, Thomas Paine makes the astute observation of human nature, makes this astute, astute observation, this has been proven to be so true in our experience. It pains the human heart. It challenges the human mind. It offends the psyche to be informed that our long-held beliefs are indeed erroneous. How could I not know? How could I be so easily misled? I have been made a fool of. These are not easy concepts for us to deal with. No, who wants that? We've been comfortable in our beliefs, knowing that those in whom we've placed our trust have been worthy of that trust, that they would not intentionally misdirect us. To accept a differing truth, one at odds with those long held, places us in a quandary of doubt, confusion, and suspicion, conditions not easily accepted by mankind. It upsets our universe. What was once accepted as truth and order must now be eyed with concern rather than with comfort. It also requires that in order to seek truth and thus live in righteousness, we must take action, perhaps an action that's contrary to our nature. By nature, we all wish to be left alone to live our lives in an expectation of peace and harmony, to do that which is right by our families, our neighbors, and our society. Doubt destroys that expectation, brings to our lives an uncertainty that is at odds with our inherent nature. So she's talking about here, she has more to say. She's talking about how we all start out in this box, got box that the government has created for us and put us into, and when you show people the reality about uh, the government and the, many of the lies that it tells and that sort of thing, they, they don't want to see it. They want to stick their heads back in the sand. And Elaine is going to say, 
that's not what you should be doing. We'll uh, look into this further. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. We've got archives, an entire year's worth of the show, right there on the front page of the site. For your downloading convenience, go and get them for free at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Of course, the Free State Project, a movement of Liberty lovers all moving to the same state. New Hampshire is the chosen state, and it happens to also be the home state of Ed and Elaine Brown, who, in case you haven't heard, are currently holed up in their house in Plainfield, New Hampshire. Uh, they are living out their lives while they've been found guilty, allegedly, of some sort of tax evasion and money laundering charges in a federal court. And the federal government would very much like to take these uh, nice old people and put them in a jail cell for the next five to eight years. And Elaine and Ed, they're not really interested in going to jail because, well, they haven't hurt anyone. They haven't stolen anybody's money. They haven't taken anything. They haven't damaged any property. They haven't harmed anyone. But the federal government wants to lock them up to show the rest of America that they're serious about paying taxes and blah, 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 and so forth. And so basically Ed and Elaine have said, you know what? You you can come after us, but we're going to shoot you if you come after us. And so far it's been almost a year now. I think it was in November of last year when they were first convicted in the federal court. So it's been almost an entire year, and they're still sitting in their house in Plainfield. Nothing has actually gone down. Nothing, uh, well, nothing explicitly violent. The feds have sort of made some moves. They've flown a helicopter over fairly low, and uh, the, the feds have been monitoring things and watching and keeping uh, keeping tabs on their supporters. Mm. But they haven't actually made a move on Ed and Elaine yet. I think that may have just changed today. Um, I've I've got a news story here that says that uh, um, four associates of tax evading couple arrested. Excuse me. Yeah. Really. Uh, it just it's it's dated September the twelfth two thousand and seven so it's um and posted at seven seventeen p.m. Eastern okay. Daylight Time. Well, we'll look into that here because I'm surprised I hadn't heard anything before showtime on that. Uh, hold it wasn't that. before showtime. Oh, I thought you, oh right seven seventeen. Okay. Uh, we'll hold that mark. We'll get yeah. into it. Let me finish the article from Elaine. This nice old lady in her early sixties, former dentist, uh, very very demure, very very quiet, just a sweet old lady. And so you don't really hear from her very much, but she has really some important things to say. She's talking about how when you open people's eyes to this, or when you introduce them to concepts that seem foreign to them, you know, the idea that, well, maybe the government isn't really here to protect you after all. Uh, you know, all these kinds of iconoclastic things, things we frequently talk about here on Free Talk Live, talking about how the government has pulled the wool over people's eyes. Uh, and she says that it's our human nature to reject these things, that it's comfortable to think what we've what we've been taught to think to uh to follow the indoctrinated process that we've been we've all been brought along in the government school system she says that we who live our lives righteously find it difficult to conceive of those who do not who would do us harm who would deceive us thus stealing from us that which is true however we must make the effort to be alert for those to question what is put before us to refuse to bend that which we know is wrong 
Thomas Paine tells us above that we resist truth when it conflicts with our long-held beliefs, that we hang on to the old until time shows us otherwise. Reason can't enter until emotion is dealt with. Emotion will always win over reason. It will halt the reasoning process until the mind can open to the possibility. Thus, to be told that our beliefs are wrong brings forth emotions of betrayal, doubt, anger, suspicion, hurt. Our psyche refuses to believe that we could be so fooled. We're smarter than that. A natural response is to deny and to refuse to deal with the new, simply put it out of our minds. But truth must always come forth in the end, no matter how long it takes. With time, emotion will fade, allowing reason to step in. Only then can cool-headed examination commence with an objective conclusion in tr uh, to truth. The price of freedom is eternal vigilance, so says Thomas Jefferson. We've failed in our vigilance for many decades. Being born in a free country has led us to know no other existence. Unlike those in so many other countries in this world, we have not felt the ravages, the hunger of war and oppression, the horror of despotism and the police state, where one's every action is dictated by the rulers, where the courts are oblivious to the concept of due process, and those who threaten the status quo of the dictators simply disappear. Mm. But where are we heading? What is happening to those freedoms that we've taken so for granted? Assuming that once attained, freedom will always remain. I think that attitude can be summed up in the common American statement that, oh, it can't happen here. This is America. Well, looks like it might actually be happening here. She goes on. She says, we've slept, you and I. We've allowed our treasure to slip through our fingers while we dreamed of vacations and plasma TVs. We assumed that our public officials were doing the job we hired them to do that they were acting in our best interests, and so we didn't have to pay attention to their doings. We know that they're the employees, and we're the employers. They are the public servants, and we are the masters. Mm. Don't we? Don't they? Thomas Jefferson told us that when government fears the people, there is freedom. When the people fear the government, there is tyranny. Let me ask you, do you fear your government? Before continuing, let me clarify. When I use the word government, I use it loosely and in the popular meaning of the, world, be, uh, the word, because you and I are the government, she says, uh, she says, while they are the administration. Do you acquiesce to laws and regulations you feel are unjust because you fear what will happen to you if you do not? Do you refrain from speaking out against injustice out of fear of reprisal against you and your family? All good governments offer to its citizens the avenue for redress of grievances. The First Amendment to our Constitution claims it to be ours by right. But where is this redress available to us? For years, attempts have been made through the courts to access this right to no avail. One can't even get the courts to admit that we are the master and they are the servants. Our country has been turned upside down. You and I are the sovereigns here, but our government would have us believe the opposite. They wish to give the orders and force compliance. They rule by the might is right law. They what, certainly do. At what point do we say enough? How long do we wait while our neighbors' lives, families, businesses, and homes are destroyed? Is your life still pleasing to you? Is your family still with you? Your business still functioning? Your home intact? If yes, you cannot judge those who have stood against tyranny, who have refused to bend to injustice, who have put it all on the line in the cause of liberty and justice. There are countless stories of those heroes who have so stood, many of whom have lost it all. Shame on all who have not stood with them, who drive around with their proud-to-be-American bumper stickers while not having the faintest idea of what that phrase means. What does it take to be an American? Popularly, many think it means voting and paying your taxes. This could not be further from the truth. We're ordered in the Declaration of Independence to throw out the old government when it no longer functions to the betterment of the people. This is where we are today. 
We're in a gov- we are in a country in which the government no longer serves the needs of the people. Indeed, this government insists that the people serve the government. It's past time for us all to come to the aid of our country while we still have one, specifically the one we want and thought we still had. Stand firm. Help your neighbor fight against injustice and tyranny. Stand for what is right and moral, for if you do not, tomorrow the tyrants might be at your door. Will your neighbor be able to help you then? Elaine Brown. I thought that was just excellent. I think it's very good. It absolutely is. Um, I don't think most people consider the government um, to be immoral or to be acting immoral. Well, so many times... They haven't thought about it. Yes, and so many times in our life we're told that you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that and we do this and we do that without saying, well, why? Exactly. And when you start to examine why, you've talked about marriage, for example, marriage licenses, permission from the government to get married. Mm-hmm. Why do they why do you exist? Need that? Yeah. yeah. Well, originally they started uh, as as uh, permission for a white man to marry a non-white woman in the 1700s in Connecticut. Mm. That's the origin of a marriage license, and eventually now everybody gets them. Exactly. So that's just it, Mark. Most people, they Is that take... why they always ask your race on the marriage license? They asked mine, and I refuse to give my race in any time anyone asks. Well, they also it's also for surveys and information, because that's what they do. They put it all on a computer, and they can slice and dice all the demographics. So that, that's why they do it. Then it's I'm not really interested in their surveys. Of course people take, take things for granted, Mark. I mean, they've been indoctrinated to believe that the government is necessary, to believe that the, what the government does is right and, and okay, but it's not true. All you have to do is just ask a series of very simple questions. And uh, one of the most basic ones, and one of my favorites, is uh, do you believe that any product or service should be provided at the point of a gun? If you do, well, then you're a psychopath. <laughs> and if you don't, then you're on our side. And you're a voluntarist, and you believe that things should be done on a voluntary basis without the use of force, without the use of coercion. And then you just have to understand that government is force. There's no other way around that. More on the way you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we ask that you go shopping at the Free Talk Live store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. And that's where you'll find all kinds of great Free Talk Live merchandise, like Free Talk Live hats, and uh, we've got Free Talk Live shirts and hoodies and all kinds of good stuff. Head on over to store.freetalklive.com and place your order. We'll give you the latest on the Brown situation, this breaking news that you mentioned, Mark. Uh, Just to clarify, Ed and Elaine have not been arrested, but some of their supporters have. So it looks like uh, the feds are amping things up here. They're really kind of cranking up the intensity. Well, there's supposed to be another party at the Browns' house this weekend. This weekend. Perhaps they're trying to rain on the party. I think you might be right about that. Uh, we'll give you the the update probably coming up here in hour number three. In the meantime, we got to go to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Carl in Montreal. Carl, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. I'm sorry to hear about the Browns. You know, I support them, and, you know, it's just I don't like what the you know, government, you know, a lot of my friends I talked to, you know, recently in the past couple of days, um, including this new lawyer I'm hiring, thinks that the U.S. government acts like a bully. And uh, a lot of people compare, you know, these governments, the way they force things on people to a street thug, you know, mm-hmm. the attitude. 
There's really not much of a difference. I mean, the only difference between a common street thug and the government is that, well, the government's a little, you know, their their gang is bigger, and they fly flags in front of their offices, and they tend to wear suits more often than yeah. uh, the, your common street thug. And one works during the day, and one works at night. There you go. Yeah. Carl, any other thoughts? Uh, no, I'm just hoping that, you know, you know, Ed and Lane Brown, you know, just st- continue to stand up, and I hope it just doesn't deter, you know, any of their supporters and try to, you know, this is some kind of intimidation to turn yeah. away their supporters. That's definitely what it is, uh, and thank you for the call, Carl. They are definitely trying to intimidate their supporters. I don't think Ed and Elaine are going to back down oh, ever. I, I don't think they have the op- option at this point. Those people are uh, just amazingly uh, c- courageous. Uh, let's continue and talk to Paula in Florida. Paula, uh, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Paul? Yeah, hi. Hey. Good evening, hon. Hey. Uh, where were these people arrested at? Uh, we're going to give you the details here in a little bit, uh, presumably nearby the Plainfield home That's of That's not Edith so. Uh, Monier um, said Gonzalez was arrested in Alice, Texas, Riley in Cohoas, New York, um, uh, Gerard. Oh, so they got him at home, huh? Fort La Leonard Wood, Missouri, and I guess M.O. is Missouri, and Wolf is in Hartford, Vermont. Okay. Okay, so what we need to do is um, everybody needs to call the FBI. What the hell what is that going to do, Paula? Huh? What is that going to do? You tell them they have broke the law for arresting them when they haven't committed any crime. Well, apparently, the US, apparently the U.S. Marshals did the, uh, yeah. the arresting in this particular you, They're going to laugh I'll at you. call the U.S. Marshals office each one of those states. Go right ahead, tell Paula. tell them they broke the law. Great. And what's that going to do exactly? Well, uh, so we will take you to court and you will go to jail. You can't do that. You can't take yes, the you feds can. to court. They have qualified immunity. Uh-uh. Yes, they they do. I'm telling the you, they do. They're going to laugh at you, Paula. You let me know how that goes, okay? Well, all right, there's some other things I need to let you know. Uh, right. They just found out that cholera has started in Iraq. Cholera? cholera? Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. Wow. That means a lot of our guys are going to end up dying from this, too. That's no fun. Well, I, yeah, I know, but anyway. I'll take your word uh, for it, Paula, but thanks for, uh, thanks for the alert. I thought cholera was a sexually transmitted disease. Am I no. wrong here? Cholera is not no. a sexually transmitted disease. Uh, <laughs> Paula, thank you for the call. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Also, uh, anything that comes out of Paula's mouth, uh, you know, it's questionable. But hey, we'll take her word for it because I'm sure as hell not going to dig around for that one. Uh, all right. So continuing with the phone calls, let's go to Fred in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Fred. Good evening, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Fred. What's on? Well, your... you read something about when government, you know, I got uh, when when government does this, you know. Anyway, I have another way of saying it: when the when the people support government, they control that government. But when the people when when the government supports the people. Then the government controls the people, i.e., the welfare state. It's true. Just like the illegal Mexicans that are coming to this country, we could put a halt to the illegal Mexicans in this country so easily by eliminating the welfare state. Absolutely, what we should do. And I think that well, we'd still have some people that would be illegal that would come across, but at the very least, they would just be here to work, right. and we wouldn't be have here to support work, them. Not well, to get welfare. And right. also, the foreign aid to the Mexican government doesn't help either. Well, when you take. And you take the, you know, I said the Mexicans, you know, and in Mexico, there is virtually no welfare in Mexico. If you can't make a living, you starve to death. So people in this country, you know, they can come up here, not to about the government employees, but Milton Freeman says government should be no more than 10% of the gross national product. Right now, they're consuming over 52% of the gross national mm. product. It's outrageous. Yeah, there's not enough taxpayers in this country to pay for all these good things supposedly government's doing for us. Yeah. Now, I don't think the government's doing anything good, personally. And well, so I agree. But I'm, I'm not interested I'm, in paying I'm for them at all. Yeah. Right. There's only so much further this can go. There, there's only so much bigger the government can get. There's only so much more intrusive they can become before something before hits the, whole the thing fan. Breaks. Yeah. 
Well, socialism is collapsing all over the world. In Spain, for example, there were, riot, there were riots in the streets a few months back when the government said, okay, no more free college education. And as, as we know very well, nothing is free. Mm-hmm. So, right. so this is happening. You're going to see more and more collapses of, of these socialist systems earlier, throughout Europe and around the world. As an example, earlier this week, they are talking about, I don't think they've implemented it yet, but they're talking about over in the United Kingdom, denying health care coverage, their wonderful free health care system, denying it to people that aren't living healthy lifestyles. So now, instead of being free for everybody, it's only going to be free, which of course we all know they're being paid through taxes, but it's only going to be available to a certain segment of the population. Right. The rest of these guys are going to be SOL. Yeah, they're gonna have Twinkie demerits and stuff. Yeah, but the money we're spending on the money we're spending on the military right now on this military complex and the whole military itself. Yeah, you know, we just this is how we broke Russia's back. That's right. We outspent them militarily, and they just couldn't keep up with us. That's right. And now but, we're doing exactly the same thing they did in Russia. And actually, you know, we're we're spending ourselves right right into a, oblivion. And you it's know, Russia, the Russians, uh, their government would have collapsed sooner, but the United States was sending grain to Russia and money for years. They would have collapsed probably in the 70s. 1974, I think we sent 100 million tons of wheat. They're having a bad drought. 100 wow. million tons. We, we totally depleted our wheat stocks. Mm-hmm. The price of bread went from 33 cents a loaf to a dollar a loaf, and everything else skyrocketed along the same thing. I remember That's that. Then we tried to, we tried, we asked them for some of that wheat back. We had to buy it back. They wouldn't <laughs> give it to us. Unbelievable, Fred. Thank you for the call. Have a good day, Appreciate Joe. hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I was reading an email, personal email, from uh, Jim Babka earlier today. And he was talking about Jim Babka from DC.org, by the way. Uh, he was talking, it was just something he sent out to his personal list. It wasn't the DC Downsizer Dispatch. But he was talking about how his wife was at a discount grocery store recently. And she noticed that they were re-tagging. They had the entire crew out amongst the aisles, re-tagging all kinds of merchandise. And she went by, she looked at it, she picked up a gallon of iced tea, and she lifted up the, the price tag to see what was underneath it. It had been priced at a buck forty-nine, and the old price was seventy-nine cents. So, right there, they doubled the price Just about. of this gallon of iced tea. And Jim Babka's saying, you know. Is it, are we already seeing the the trickle down from this the billions that they've pumped into uh, the economy the uh, the money that the Federal Reserve has been uh, printing out so quickly recently? Is it happening that quickly? How much was it? Two hundred billion dollars that they put into uh... about that uh, the Fed, but then there was also pumping going on by the uh, European Central Bank as well and, and the Australian and several other countries. So if you take them all and put them together, it was about a half a trillion. I mean that's just tremendous. In the in, in the in the course of about two weeks, how long does it take things to trickle down? How long? I mean, from the from the time they spend that that two hundred billion dollars or whatever the trillion dollars, from the time they spend it to the time the prices start going up. It, it depends on where they direct the money. If they direct it into the stock market, for example, uh, it might take uh, longer than if they were to um, put it someplace where people could get to it quicker. Yeah, I don't think anybody can answer that question. That's it's. Difficult. I mean, could it be as quick as a handful of weeks and as long yes. as six months? I Absolutely. Mean, what's the time frame, I guess? I think, I think that a handful of weeks and six months is probably pretty accurate. Right. So maybe we're already seeing the initial But phase. wages are the last thing to go up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know something, too? By pumping all that money in, one good thing that it did in the short run is that people probably won't lose their houses as quickly. So they'll have a little more buying power to buy things like groceries, and it'll keep them in their houses longer, even though they probably can't afford the taxes or the future payments on it. Didn't I hear something about the feds uh, or the George Bush 
wanting the mortgage companies to freeze their rates or something like that to yeah. not uh, to not use the adjustable rate mortgages to just freeze it at a certain point using some legislative uh, decision to do that? Well, yeah, I've I've heard them talk about it, but really what the banks are doing is they're tightening up now anyway. They're going back to the. 20% down, you've got to have good credit, and 30-year fix, which is the most responsible type of mortgage to have. The problem is they blew this bubble up so voraciously that for a while there in a lot of these areas, the only way someone could afford a house at these ridiculous prices was an adjustable rate mortgage. That's, it's all going to come crashing home soon. Oh, it, it's, it's bad. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line for you. Uh, let's see. So Jake is on the line. We're going to talk to him about Mary Jane, apparently. Also, we'll give you the story, the full details on the four associates of Ed and Elaine Brown that have been taken into custody, have been arrested by the U.S. Marshals. That's all on the way, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about the fast food ban that we've been promising for days on this show. So Mark, get that one ready. Hour three's on the way. You can take control. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. As we launch in hour number three of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. The latest on the four associates of Ed and Elaine Brown that have been arrested today. Uh, we'll get to that, but first we're going to the phones to talk to Jake in uh, calling from somewhere on the Internet. Jake, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jake. Hello. Hello. You're on the air. Yeah. Hi. Um, I just want to tell you guys I love the show. Awesome. Thanks. Is that all you had, Jake? Yeah. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Please call with something actually worth talking about. Uh, So here's the latest from the Associated Press. Four men accused of helping obstruct justice in the case of convicted tax evaders Ed and Elaine Brown have been arrested, according to U.S. Marshal Stephen Monnier. Monier said the men are Crino, or Serino Reno Gonzalez, uh, who is 30, of Alice, Texas, Daniel Riley, 40, of Albany, New York, Jason Gerhard, who's 22, Brookhaven, New York, and Robert Wolf, who's 50, from Randolph, Vermont. Charges range from accessory after the fact to possession and use of a firearm in relation to a crime of violence. Officials believe that the men participated in various efforts to assist the Browns in avoiding justice at their rural home in Plainfield and conspired to impede federal agents. The Browns, who were convicted in January and have refused to turn themselves into authorities, claim the federal ta- income tax is not legitimate. Supporters from across the country have visited them at their home, although some relationships have come to a bitter end. The Browns have squabbled with bloggers, radio hosts, and several spokesmen and assistants. A website about the Browns says they're planning to hold a fundraising event on their property on Saturday. And I'm pretty sure that's not a fundraising event. Uh, the, the last one was just a concert. In fact, the food was given away. So, wow. Uh, well, you didn't pay for your bar. Where's no, did you? No, I, I guess I, I, I didn't. I right. didn't really think about it. But right, the food. They asked people to bring food um, to 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 contribute the food, but nobody paid a dime for any of that music or for any of that food that was uh, that was enjoyed and given out on that particular Saturday. And I don't imagine that this coming concert this weekend is going to be any different. Uh, according to the U.S. Marshal Monnier, 
the quote, in this case, these men are alleged to have helped the Browns in their ongoing refusal to surrender to authorities. The Browns have engaged in a course of conduct that has led to further criminal investigations into their activity. Anyone who aids the Browns is subject to investigation, arrest, and prosecution for serious felonies, which carry very heavy prison sentences. So they're really starting to, uh, they're, they're rattling their sabers again here. They're trying to scare the supporters of the Browns into probably not going to the concert this weekend. I, I think this is probably timed in order to scare people away. I don't know how effective it will be. I don't imagine it will be that effective. I know that um, I, I'm not going to be able to make it personally simply because I had a prior engagement. I've got to go to the marijuana festival down in Boston tomorrow, or uh, on Saturday rather. But I, I, it'll be interesting to see what the turnout is going to be this time in comparison to last time. I, it, it, would, it didn't seem like any of those people that were there um, were scared of the idea of, of being, you know, there's there's strength in numbers. Yes. And that's why they went and arrested these guys in their hometowns. Uh, they were all arrested pretty much where they live, in uh, Texas and Vermont and that sort of thing. So they weren't together at the time that they were arrested. They weren't actually assisting Ed Brown at that time. Uh, they had already all gone home for whatever reason. So this is definitely the beginning of a scare tactic campaign. Perhaps they are investigating others. And who knows what it is that they consider assisting Ed Brown. Again, we don't really actually have a list of all the charges that these guys have been charged with. Um, so is it is it going to be considered assisting the Browns if you go and you bring them a cake to eat? Because there have been Free State Project members that have been doing just that very thing. Mm-hmm. They've brought along uh, foods, uh, food items for them. They've brought along cell phones, the prepaid track phone style phones, because, again, the, the feds and the local government have cut the power to the Brown household, so they don't actually have any way of, of dialing out. So that's why people have been bringing up these prepaid cell phones. Although them. they have a windmill and uh, like solar panels or something, so they've got electricity there. That, that much is true. I don't know how much electricity, and I think, some. I think they've cut their phone lines and that sort of thing as well. So I mean, the hard line's been cut. So mm-hmm. th- there have been people that have been bringing things to the Browns. Is that going to be considered aiding and abetting? Is that going to be considered assisting the fugitives? And if so, I wonder how soon they'll be making more arrests and who it will be. Are we helping the Browns by talking about them on the air? Are we talking, you know, talking about them favorably, supporting them in their fight against the federal government? And the fact that Ed and Elaine Brown are, are the only two people in America right now to actually do something like this, to actually tell the feds, look, we're going to live free. If you want to come and try to arrest us, then we're going to shoot you. And is the fact that I'm getting on the air supporting that attitude? Is that assisting? Is that aiding and abetting? Oh, I don't know. They only arrested four people at this point, and, and they're, I, I would assume, people that were doing a lot to aid and assist. Well, we'll keep you up to date on this as uh, more things, uh, more news develops. We'll give you the latest as we learn it. 800-259-9231. In the meantime, let's go to Corey in Minneapolis. Corey, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on hey, your mind? Up, Corey. I wanted to talk about uh, this upcoming event across the country. It's called Paint the Town Ron. Yeah, this have, you guys is, have, heard, have you guys heard about this? I've heard of it. Let me see if I've got it straight. As I understand it, people will be going during an overnight and putting up a bunch of Ron Paul signs, of course, uh, promoting Ron Paul for president. Uh, they'll be putting them up all over the, whatever area of town that they live in, and then they'll be taking the signs down a few days later. Is that correct? Right. And uh, what, what, what's interesting about this is that I didn't know how, how big this thing would be, but I, I think this is actually a pretty growing thing. I mean, there are... 70 meetup groups that have said that, that they are going to be doing this hmm. on, I think it's the weekend of the 29th, September 29th, 
And I mean, that's that's pretty impressive if there are going to be you know thousands of signs all across the country. Because I figure each meetup group would probably have about a hundred signs, maybe maybe two hundred, three hundred, I guess, depending on the size of their group. But I, I thought it was quite interesting, and, and I wanted to get that information out there. And and there's uh, there's even a website where you can go to even learn how to create these signs. Now, what are the reasons that they're taking the signs down? I think the last guy that called in said that they didn't want to uh, leave them up because they didn't want people to get the wrong idea or something like that? I mean, they're going to be putting that, it in private property where they have permission to do it or on the on the side of the road where it's government property, right? Yeah, and I think that's up to each individual group to decide whether or not they want to put it up on public property or, or private property and if they want to take them down or if they want to have the government take them down. Take them down. I mean, it's up to each individual group, I believe. I guess it also depends on the, the area that you live in because each locality is going to have their differing regulations as far as what's when it's appropriate to put political signs out and that sort of thing. Um, I've certainly seen them around here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we do the show from. I've seen the Ron Paul signs, but they've been put out and have not been taken down. I, I feel like – I guess I, I understand the point of taking them down is you're worried that someone's going to steal them or vandalize them or something like that. But, I mean, if you take them down, then people aren't going to be able to see them later on. So that's the part that I kind of am confused by, especially if you're going right. to do it over a weekend if you're doing it over a weekend then uh, nobody who's driving to work on monday is going to be able to see them when they go to work which is really when all the traffic is right and i think some groups i think our group is probably going to be planning to do it on uh, sunday so that mon- monday people will be able to see it um you know go to paint the town or paint the town ron.com and you can find out more details about it. It has, it has all the groups that have said that you know that they're going to be doing this and you can find the meetup group that's nearest you um, and if you're not in the meetup group, just go to, I think it's ronpaul.meetup.com and uh, find out how you can get involved if you want to help support uh, what they're doing. It's pretty exciting. Uh, other, now, other, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask you a question because I know you're the man behind the Liberty Card, uh, which is one of our sponsors here on Free Talk Live. And uh, I was just curious as to how those Ron Paul cards have been selling for you. If you go to freetalklive.com, <laughs> you look over in our advertiser column, you'll see an ad for the Ron Paul card. And you can go and, and click on this and, and order thousands of them if you want to and and hand them out and, and basically spread the message about Ron Paul as a candidate. How have you been doing with those? Oh, great. Um, there's a couple things, indicators uh, I, I take under consideration whether it's a success or not. One is how many are out there, and there are, right now there are 1.3 million cards out there. Jeez. You you alone have shipped 1.3 million of these cards. Yes, yes. That's incredible. And that is incredible. It, it, it sounds unbelievable, but I, I'm even I've been even doing it while on the phone. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, it's it's something I'm doing just every every day, and I, I know you know I know the post office by name now. And <laughs> But but no, that's one indicator. The other indicator is that uh, you know I've been doing Google advertising, and that's been getting that I had like 7.1 last time I checked million impressions for his ad. So it's so I'm getting his name recognition that's out there. Great. And then I've also been able to contribute a very large amount of money to his campaign as well as my own meetup. So it's it's kind of like I'm helping the campaign for him nationally and helping our own little group. You are an amazing activist, Corey. Keep up the great work, and thank you for the update. Sure let us, is. Yep. Let us know how that Paint the Town Ron thing goes. 800-259-9231. The coolest thing about the, the whole Ron Paul phenomenon is people like Corey that are just self-organizing. They, they're not asking anybody's permission to do these things. This is Free Talk Live. The 
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site are for free, including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. Both of them are waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to start something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. As we go to the phones and to coffee in Illinois. Coffee, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Isn't that a shame about the Browns? Well, um, you mean the people that, that, that weren't yeah. the Browns that got arrested? Yeah, yes. that have done absolutely nothing wrong. Yep, no. uh, it could have easily be you and I, Coffee. Uh, we were both at the uh, the Browns' last party, their last shindig here in New Hampshire. And, yeah, uh, and I wrote a nice article for my paper that I work for and put a picture in there. Me and Randy Weaver arm in arm, so if they want to come get me, that's fine. They'll give me some nice free press. There you go. <laughs> uh, oh, and I just wanted to say, I, I'm not going to be able to make it this time, but I would ask those who uh, who are going to be there as a favor, uh, a nice uh, display of our freedom would be, what a great day to fly a kite, don't you think? I, I guess. I, I'm presuming it's windy enough. What's the point of that, though, Coffee? Well, keep the gnats out of the air, maybe. I don't know. You mean the helicopters? Uh, <laughs> I didn't say it. You did. <laughs> I heard that there was a helicopter flying a very low over the last Ed and Elaine Brown party that they had. Again, they were having a, a little shindig with several bands and food and uh, just a nice little gathering at their house. Of course, we're talking about Ed and Elaine Brown that have uh, refused to turn themselves over to the federal government that would like to put them these uh, this 60-plus-year-old couple in a jail cell for having the gall to keep the money they earned. Um, so was it really that low, I mean, the, the helicopter? It was simulated strafing runs, and I think that's so unnecessary. I've, that's the darndest party I've ever been to where a helicopter makes simulated strafing runs over the crowd. Well, you can't pay for that. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, they could do some parasailing with the kites and the helicopters. That'd be fun. Let me tell you what I called about is I wanted to ask you a question. Yes. Uh, I listen to the advertisers on GCN, and some of them are funny. I mean, you know, you have to admit, like Hamburger Helper. Oh, come on. Help me out here. (laughs) Hamburger uh, Helper is an advertiser on GCN? Yes. Well, you know what? I I listen to the GCN feed on my local station, so maybe that's what I'm picking up. Well, I don't know about Hamburger Helper, but I do like Tuna Helper. There's that. Oh, that's a great party food. But anyway... Uh, one of the advertisers I know of is eFoods Direct, mm-hmm. and I was just about to order a whole bunch of that. Uh, you know, call me an alarmist. I'm throwing my hands to the sky and shrieking, you know. I, have, I think it's a good idea to have that stockpile of food. What is this? This hand. is like uh, emergency food, that sort of thing? Emergency food. It's all in the number 10 cans, and uh, instead of being fresh meat, it's textured vegetable protein. Which That's what I wanted to ask you about, was I know that TVP is what they call it. It's just full of monosodium glutamate. Okay. It has to be. I mean, it wouldn't stay fresh if it wasn't. And monosodium glutamate has been proven to be the, the causation of so many things from obesity to brain damage. Hmm. It's a neurotoxin. Uh, I just, yeah, and, and neuro, isn't it uh, neuroexciter it's called as well? Yeah, it, they call it an excitotoxin. There was a, really, there's a book called... Uh, I know it excito- excites my taste buds, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it tastes good. Yeah, sure there's, it does. there's a doctor who wrote a book called Excitotoxins, The Taste That Kills. And he gets into all the clinical research on, on MSG and some of the food additives that they use to basically increase your appetite and um, and excite your brain. Well, as a kid, I know my parents had a can of that accent 
food enhancer. It was just pure MSG. Yeah, I've got that and, stuff in my uh, cabinet right now. And I used I used to sprinkle it on my tongue. So you know, like, <laughs> if you want to know why I am the way I am, I guess I would explain part of it. But I just wondered how you guys felt about it. The trade off. There's a trade off with everything. You, know, you want your food that's going to last for 150 years. You're going to mm-hmm. have to have MSG. You're going to take the chance of having brain damage and obesity and you know all the problems that come along with it. Well, I, it seems like a fine trade-off. I mean, I personally am I'm not too worried about MSG. I don't know. I, I think they probably load up just regular old sodium in that canned food more so than anything else. Uh, but and nitrates and nitrates. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're talking about a situation where it's life and death. You either eat or you die. So I'd, I'd rather, right. I think, eat something that might be unhealthy 35 years down the line than die within the next three weeks. Sure, you, so. but you can have your own garden, and you can can, and you can do those things. That's how the Russians in the Soviet Union uh, prevented starving to death. They were actually allowed to grow their own food, and that's why they didn't starve to death. Well, I think I'll just do a combination of buying food at the store and get a small supply of that and call it good. What kind of supply are you looking at? I mean, what, what are you planning for? Uh... You really want to get into the tinfoil hat, huh? Yeah, I've I've always <laughs> found this fascinating. Let's whip out the aluminum helmet and go for it. I have okay. always found this interesting, personally. I mean, it's it's a realistic possibility. I don't know how how probable it is, but it's a realistic possibility that things could get really awful, and then having some essentials would be an important thing. So well, the question is, how much essential? How many essentials do you want to have? You know, if you'd asked me a few years ago if I thought that the events of nine eleven would have happened, I would have said absolutely not. But mm-hmm. I mean, given the fact that it has happened. You know, it's absolutely the most bizarre thing you could ever imagine. You you couldn't come up with something like that and make it happen in real life. Right. What are we What are we looking at next? I mean, you've got the, the nuclear bombs that are flying all over our country. Uh, you've got our government rattling sabers over Iran. I figure the next thing that's going to happen is they're going to say, "Oh, Iranians are attacking our towns." There's a nuclear bomb that's gone off in mm-hmm. the United States, or you know, any any number of things. But my plan is, or my anticipation is that the lights are going to go off. There's not going to be... Well, I, I was talking to Jack Blood the other day. I said that I thought that if you want to really mess with this, the whole country, you shut off the supply of diesel fuel because that's what supplies our country with food. You know, that's that's, Everything comes from ship overseas. Everything comes from truck on the roads. That's diesel fuel. So you shut off the supply of diesel fuel. Well, who's the government that's trying to control the supply of the petroleum products? Saudi Arabia? No, that's ours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay. You know, if they really wanted to mess with this country, they'd grab as much of the supply as they could and then choke it. And, there was and some then create some massive attack of some sort and say, well, this is what's happened because of the attack is you know, we can't get your food or so whatever. So you're presuming the food's not going to make it to the marketplace. How much food are you going? Are you planning on having stocked up in the basement or whatever? Well, there's a package on uh, eFoods. It was $1,500, and that was probably one of the better ones. I was looking at that one, but I thought if I supplement that with the stuff I get at the store, I could probably cut it in half. Oh, go for about a six-month supply, probably. Six months. Yeah. I, I don't know if you heard today, it was in today's news, that uh, Vladimir Putin has dissolved the Russian government. What does that mean? I mean, is, it makes it I, sound I like... The Russian, I thought the Russian, the USSR was null anyway. It is, but the, 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 I guess they the have Russian a cabinet. Russian government isn't. Yeah, they, have a, they, have, they still have a parliament and all that, and they dissolved the whole thing today, and okay. there's some upheaval going on up there, so that'll be an interesting situation to watch in the coming it'll be weeks. Inter- it'll be interesting from our, country, our government's, our government, isn't that funny? Uh, the United States government doing their nation building. I just heard also that the Mexican government is artificially propped up by funds from the U.S. government. 
Hmm. Which makes the whole immigration situation kind of a question mark too, doesn't it? Yeah, it makes you also wonder when they uh, when they and thank you for the call, coffee. We appreciate it. When thank they you guys. when they say he just dissolved the government, I guess that means that he, as the president of Russia, has the ability to do that. And can you imagine how George Bush was feeling envious today on that? Wouldn't he just love to be able to just press a button and reset the whole government of uh, of the United States? Make it so he can just get rid of everything that currently exists. He said it would be easier to be a dictator. Yeah, and just mm-hmm. take control of it all himself. I don't know. Yeah, we'll definitely need to keep an eye on that situation. 800-259-9231. Los Angeles. Fast food ban. It's on the way. We'll tell you about it. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. So enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. That's Shrine. FreeTalkLive.com, and now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL, like FreeTalkLive. That's code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Let's go to the phones, to the amplifier line, and Josh in Texas. Josh, you're on FreeTalkLive. Hey, guys. Uh, sure. 13-year-old, reporting from the inside again. Yes, reporting from the inside of the government indoctrination camps known as government schools. What's on your mind, Josh? Well, I was at a, uh, maybe 30 minutes ago, I was at a neighborhood group, and um, uh, the subject of how um, school, like how it's really boring, how you don't care about a lot of the stuff they talk about, Mm -hmm. and I I brought uh, brought the idea that what if we didn't have public school? What if we had a private school or different other schools run by businesses uh, competing with other schools? And you could go to a school, learn what you want to learn, and uh, try to uh, – and there you can find – you get like if you don't know what you want to do, you can have a better chance at finding out what you want to do mm-hmm. and learn something that's going to help you in uh, in the real life where you're – where you're trying to make money to live and stuff. Sure. And I, I brought up that idea, and instantly I just saw maybe the other 10 people were there. I instantly saw their their head just like that light bulb coming up there, and they were like, I never thought of that. That was a, That's a great idea. I mean, mm-hmm. because uh, the public school, all they do is they shove that those five subjects down your throat. Right. Like them or not. That, that's it. Yep. You know, there's some really good books out by an uh, ex-teacher, highly regarded teacher named J- John Taylor Gatto. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're really interested in that, I think he'd probably give you a lot of insight into what's wrong with education. I know sometimes we feel something's not quite right and we don't like it, but to actually analyze why it stinks uh, is, is really important. I think his website is JohnTaylorGatto.com, but I'm not positive on that. And as I understand it, I think his book that is well-known is The Underground History, History of American Education. That's right. Excellent it's available book. for free on his website. So you don't even have to lay out the cash. I mean, you can just go on his website and read the entire thing. 
which uh, it's something I would like I would like to do at some point. Um, it's one of those books that's on my list Me of too. Uh, things to read. So you said people's eyes were lighting up. You could see the gears turning around, the light bulbs turning on, and uh, that's awesome, dude. I mean, just it's it's amazing that just talking about these issues can win you people uh, win people over to your side, can get people interested, can get them intrigued, and get them thinking for themselves. And and good for you on that. Any other thoughts? Well, um, I just I just think that's a big thing. If I mean, if people just talk about it with their friends and uh, and such, then I mean, you're gonna see a lot of people that are like, you know what, I'm I'm really tired of these five subjects being shoved down my throat. I mean, I want to learn what I'm interested in, not just these five things. Well done, Josh, and keep up the good work, man. Thank you for the call. I agree with him. Yeah. Uh, let's let the marketplace decide. Let parents and students and teachers uh, be the ones that, that decide what courses are offered and how schools are structured and what education is all about. Instead of this top-down, government-knows-best mentality where the federal government or the state government is dictating uh, what needs to be taught to kids, uh, let's let the marketplace decide where individual consumers are the ones that are setting the rules, not some government bureaucrats. And kids are, are, are very different. Some some gravitate towards one field, some towards another, but when, when a, ch- a child or a person can gravitate towards something they really enjoy... And you pick a, you end up picking a career that you love. You don't have to work a day in your life. Yep, it's, it's all absolute, play. It's absolutely true. But you know, I I think that the, um, public schools have a lot of things that you can uh, absorb, and there, there's a lot of opportunity for learning. But if the kid isn't interested in that opportunity, they're just not gonna uh, they're not gonna go for it. For instance, I took um you know uh, I, I took a, a, an, uh, analytic geometry and trigonometry in school. I haven't used that crap. It's it's been completely useless to me. There may be an opportunity to learn some things in government school, but it's that one-size-fits-all mentality. The problem is where you don't get to choose uh, really what you want to learn. You know, okay, they might let you choose between art or computer, uh, but that's about the, the extent of your choices with the government school system. So, yeah, you know, they're going to teach you the very basics. You'll be able to add things together and subtract things by the time you get out of school, hopefully. Uh, but there's not really much other customization that can go on. And if you don't like it, too bad. You're paying for it anyway. And that's yeah. the worst part. And, you know, the biggest problem, too, is education has become a method to control human behavior starting at a very young age. So they're not really teaching people how to think critically. Right. They're teaching people what to think. Right. So even if you do understand how to do multiplication and division, that doesn't necessarily translate to any real-world application as far as... Be, beyond, as far as like how to run your life and how to balance your checkbook and how to you know not get into debt and that sort of thing, yeah, that's well, something think, they don't teach you. I think you need to know uh, you know basic math skills. Otherwise, you know you're you're going to have a really tough. time Of course, time you in need life. to know basic math skills. And there's no school out there that wouldn't teach basic math skills. Mark, you don't need the government around to teach. No, kids absolutely math. not. I'm not saying that you do. All right, so let's talk about the fast food ban, shall we? The uh, stories from John Stossel at ABC News. We remember, didn't... I went to a private school. I learned math and um, you know at a private school. Right. I didn't learn it at a public school. Right. Okay. So let's get into the uh, fast food ban because they're looking at doing this in Los Angeles. What's going yeah. On? Um, by John Stossel. The bureaucrats are worried about your health. They don't think you're good at making decisions about what you eat. Mm. So, so to stop you from eating things that are bad for you, the Los Angeles City Council has proposed legislation to forbid the opening of any new fast food restaurants in parts of the city that have high rates of diabetes, heart disease, and blood pressure. Hmm. It sounds to me like instead of uh, what they are purporting to do, it sounds like they're protecting the existing fast food restaurants from any new competition. 
Right. Um, I, I imagine the, McDo- the, uh, the, the franchise holder of the McDonald's in uh, the southern L.A. is one happy, happy guy right now. Yeah. Are they going to force Whole Foods to open a store there? I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what they're going to do. The ban would last for the next two years. Incredible, right? The city government will dictate the kind of restaurants that may open. But the fact is, the city government really does do that anyway. Licensing, yeah. The planning board, zoning, and all that other stuff. They make these companies jump over hoop after hoop after hoop. Mm. And um, when it says the kind of restaurants that will open, it what it forces is ma- mainly big restaurants are able to, you know, the chains are able to afford to open um, in these locations. The little guys are going to open a sandwich shop that may, you know, serve the best darn potato salad you've ever had in your life. Mm-hmm. They well, don't have a chance. They're not going to be able to afford it right. just because of all this planning board, zoning board you know, site plan review crap. Yeah, and I'm also curious as to how they're going to end up defining fast food. Is it going to be food that actually comes within a certain period of time, or is it going to be some sort of other definition? Is it only going to be certain chains that will be uh, disallowed, or things with those, uh, calories? Are they going to look at the menu items and calculate calories and that sort of thing? Right, McDonald's the, serves salads? What's the methodology going I don't to know. It says it's incredible, right? The city government will dictate the kind of restaurants that may open. Sounds more like communist Russia than Southern California. Yep. But this is what happens when the government pays the bill for our health care. They mm-hmm. think that gives them the right to order us around in the name of taking charge of our health. What? The neighborhoods where Los Angeles bureaucrats propose to ban new restaurants are all in the inner city of South Los Angeles. A higher percentage of the people in those neighborhoods live in poverty, and that means more of them use government money, Medicaid, to pay for their health care. Government pays the medical bill. And, as the old old adage goes, he who pays the piper calls the tune. I keep learning more about um, that as I prepare for my Friday 2020 TV special on health care. Whose body is it anyway? Sick in America. I've got that one marked. Uh, I'm going to look for that one later on uh, this weekend. Yep. If government pays for our health care, then government officials have a bigger stake in monitoring our health. It's another reason why I'm wary of all the politicians today who demand more government fixes to our health care system. Oh, yeah. Almost every one of the presidential contenders has a plan. The devil is in the details. The proposals are full of platitudes like affordable, accessible health care and health care for all. Free, free from cradle to grave. And nothing is free. Yep, n- nothing's free. If you think that health care is expensive now, just wait. Just wait until the government gets involved. More from John Stossel? Yes. On the way, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Are you a fan of this universal health care idea? We'd love to hear from you. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go to amp.freetalklive.com. Join the Amplifier program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in three bucks a month and we take it and turn it around into promoting the show, getting it on more radio stations, getting more people listening to the message of freedom and liberty. So if that's valuable to you, it's worth three bucks a month, head over to amp.freetalklive.com where you'll get some perks like access to the AMP-only chat room forum and AMP-only call-in lines as well. All the details, amp.freetalklive.com. Continuing with John Stossel telling us that uh, one portion of Los Angeles, or at least a few uh, suburbs or neighborhoods or whatever portions, uh, more of the inner city portions, right, are, South LA. are looking at banning all new fast food restaurant construction for the next two years. 
and it sounds like they're going to go through with this. Of course, the excuse is that, well, because government is paying for the health care of these citizens, that therefore then government gets to decide how they, you know, how they eat and what they get to put in their bodies and how much exercise they have to be getting. And, and th- this can be extrapolated out to the level of total micromanagement insanity. It sure can. And it will be that it will become that way as soon as you get this universal health care program installed, because these things are already happening now when we just have this one government program, the Medicaid or Medicare programs. We've got these government health care programs versus an entire all encompassing 300 million Americans all covered under the same government program, that's when things are really going to get restrictive. You think it's bad now? Just wait until the government takes total control via this universal health care concept, where then the government is, uh, they control your health, and they might demand that you do 30 jumping jacks every time you get out of bed. They may very well do that, or they may just decide to punish people with certain diseases. For instance, um, you know, why should we, the public, why should we, the government, have to pay for your lung cancer? And they may just decide they don't want to treat you. Right. What if you don't smoke? They just won't funnel the... There's, <laughs> yeah. So what? Well, yes, you do smoke. According to our report, you smoke. Right. Well, if you've got lung cancer, you must have smoked. That'll be their explanation yeah. there. Even if they decide to treat um, people with lung cancer, but they're not... Um, you know, that didn't smoke, but the, they won't treat the people that did, then then they're so much so far behind the eight ball in treating lung cancer because they only treat a few cases now and mm-hmm. then. You know, you know, it comes down to this, too. The law of supply and demand uh, doesn't take a vacation for anybody's uh, political agenda. No. And when you have universal health care, you're limiting the supply of health care, and you're putting a cap on the price, and therefore you create shortages, which creates rationing. Yep. And that that's is what, what we ha- see in all the other and countries. That's what that's you see in all the other countries, exactly. And just like right now, we don't really realize how much we pay for oil and gasoline because there's also a big chunk of the defense budget that goes to securing that oil as well. So you think you're paying $3 a gallon for gas? No, you're not. You're paying much more real, you just in don't reality. See it. You just don't see it. And that's what will happen when taxes go up to cover all this universal health care is people think it's free, but but all, all the price of everything around them is going to go up because of all the taxes they're going to add on everything yep. to pay for all this crap. Right. So, Currently, um, if I decide I want to take off my menial, um, take off a day on my menial crappy job that requires me to have a uh, a doctor's excuse to take off, I would have to pay at the very least a copay or a doctor's visit. Mm-hmm. But under universal health care, everybody gets health care for free. So I might decide to take off my menial crappy job that requires a uh, doctor's permit to be off that day. I might just decide, oh, I'll go sit in the waiting room for a couple hours. It beats going to work. Are you telling me there aren't people out there that would rather go sit in the waiting room of a doctor's office than go to work? You know, what worries me, too, is that some of these states like Massachusetts that are instituting these state health care plans, mm-hmm. they're going to collapse in a year or two And because what's gonna, what happens is whenever some state says, free this, free, this is free, people from other states come in and, and, and oh, but it's exacerbate not like that the in collapse. It's not like that. Uh, what they're doing is they're mandating that everybody purchase the uh, health insurance program. Mm-hmm. And so it's not free necessarily, though I'm sure there is a p- program for the poor. That's uh, not free for all, not free for everyone. It's we mandate that you sign up for this program or else we're going to dock payment from your paycheck. It's, it's, it's a very controlling situation, but it's not quite universal health care yet. Mm-hmm. But they're moving towards it. Right. Um, and uh, it's, it's just bad news. Let's continue with the story from Los Angeles. Right. So um, John Stossel continues. <clears throat> Almost every one of the presidential contenders has a plan, but the devil is in the details. The proposals are full of platitudes like affordable and accessible health care and health care for all. Former hmm. Republican Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee says we um, need to get serious about preventative health care. And Representative Dennis Kucinich, a socialist from Ohio, says that we need... 
Medicare for All. The uh, website of former North Carolina Senator John Edwards says Edwards will offer individuals in health care markets a choice of insurance plans, including a public plan based on Medicare. Right. You know, the the monopoly we call um, the FDA basically discourages uh, preventative health care. You know, that's what we should be doing. You're right. I mean, on a voluntary basis, we should be trying to prevent diseases and sicknesses. But when you have a system that actually discourages, like insurance won't pay for certain preventative measures. They don't pay anything until you get sick. Right. They don't pay you to take vitamins, and right. I assume they help. I, you know, I don't know for sure. Well, right. The FDA shuts out a lot of the that the uh, preventative industry. And, the, and they also gag them because if you and they say don't let certain, them make claims either. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, you right. can make some structure function claims. Uh, because of the you can't really law. get explicit though. But yeah. you can't get explicit. You have to say, okay, this this increases the number of killer T cells in the bloodstream. So you're not really saying that something could cure cancer or uh, help you get over a flu quicker or something. But uh, because by law only a drug can cure something. Mm-hmm. Senator Barack Obama's uh, website laments the fact that less than four cents of every healthcare dollar is spent on prevention and public health. Nearly all the Democratic presidential candidates want government to guarantee some form of universal health care. Republican presidential candidates have uh, less aggressive, but Republican governors have already started experimenting. Rent Mom- R- Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney. Rent Romney. <laughs> instituted a uh, universal health care plan when he was governor of Massachusetts and calls the idea of getting everyone in the country insured an important priority. Government, uh, excuse me, Republican Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger has proposed a universal... An important priority for his friends in the insurance industry. Right. Sure. You got it. ...has proposed a universal health care plan for California. That increasing government involvement in health care will invariably lead to government wanting to tell you how to be healthy. Already, the nanny state has banned trans fat in New York City. Now Los Angeles may ban new fast food restaurants. Come on, adults should be able to decide for themselves what we want to eat and where we want to eat it. I agree completely. And this this Boston or this Massachusetts program that now is look is being looked at in California, it's forcing people to buy health insurance. I'm sure from certain approved providers, certain government approved plans. Which most people they're not going to. I mean, if they're being forced to purchase the plan, they're probably not going to pay very much attention to what it is that they're purchasing. So they're going to buy this health insurance plan, and they're not really going to know what it covers. So when something traumatic happens, they'll go in and they'll go and they'll expect the uh, the situation to be handled by their health insurance. But what happens if it if it's not covered? I mean, then they're going to be shocked, they're going to be surprised, and that uh, insurance company is going to be all the more wealthy as a result of it. You know, who knows what how uh, extensive this this coverage is? And I wonder what the barriers to, uh, to entry are to become an insurance company. In Massachusetts, it's hellacious. It must right. be. So they've in been fact, driving they insurance all, companies out. In of fact, they all are government-approved plans that the insurance companies has bec- have right. because they're still in Massachusetts. That's true. Uh, let's go to the phones here, short on time, but let's go to Bill in Oklahoma, listening on the on the internet. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, thank you for taking my call. You Sorry knew I was going to have to chime in on this one. Um, Right now, the government's going to uh, force uh, people to legislate what they can and cannot eat. What's next? Are they going to mandate that everybody who has a child that might be disabled in the future to have abortions? This is completely absurd, and this is what we're this is the road we're going down. Yep. Uh, in in uh, in lieu of the free healthcare system, everybody's p- uh, pitching to us. Yep, and the American people seem ready to take those thirty pieces of silver. What the hell happened? I mean, didn't people didn't the people learn that if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is? Mm-hmm. 
This is really too good to be true. The idea that you could have free health care is absolutely absurd because, once again, if you have a right to something, then that means that you have a right to someone else's labor and that you have a right to someone else's efforts, which would mean that the healthcare industry would become slaves to you. And Of course, they're not going to want to do that. So there's all kinds of reasons why this isn't going to work, and they've all been proven by the other countries that have tried them, but yet apparently uh, we're prepared to, to try history all over again here to see if we can do it differently in America, and it's not going to work any yeah, because those idiot socialists didn't do it right, but we have the right way to do it. Right. Yes, this, this is American-style socialism. Right, American socialism. Bill, any other you thoughts? Are, yeah, the, the, uh, this, I'm going to leave it at this. I am so glad that I was born 30 years ago as opposed to this generation because I would be in a set. I, would, I probably wouldn't be alive today under, the, under this proposed plan. Why is that? Well, like I said before, you know, they're, they're legislating food now. Later on, it's going to be okay. Uh, I'm sorry, ma'am. You're going to have a child that's going to have several palsy. Instead of us hmm. filling, uh, shilling out the bill in the name of free health care, we just want you to have the abortion so we don't have to deal with it. Hmm. That could very well be it. They will want to control everything that you do if they are in control of your health care. If that isn't frightening enough to keep you away from this universal health care idea, I don't know what should be. Uh, Bill, thanks for the call. It's been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. We will join you tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.